millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Caravan Podcast, a show about Pakistan's startup ecosystem where we have intimate conversations with founders and investors driven to catapult Pakistan into the digital age. We'll discuss what it's really like to start a business, the highs and the lows, the setbacks, the comebacks, the lessons everything. I'm your host, as always, Ahmad Mia, partner at Caravan, a community-driven venture capital platform. Now, given the nascent ecosystem, there's a massive spread between the talent in the country and the resources that are available to support them. Our mission at Caravan is to close that gap by providing both capital and expertise at the earliest of stages. You can find more information about Caravan at www.caravan.vc. In this episode of the Caravan Podcast, I get to sit down with Osama, the founder of Shopsy.pk, a search engine that helps online shoppers find the best price for any product all over Pakistan. So let's get straight to Osama. All right. So thank you so much for having me a lot today. Um, and I think I'll, I'll start from, you know, when I graduated from university, because that's really when my entrepreneurial journey started, you know, in, in 2008. That's when it really started taking off. Uh, so I graduated in 2008 and uh, I got my first job. And after a year of working, I realized that this really wasn't for me. You know, working nine to five just didn't suit what I wanted to achieve in my, in my life or with my career. And I ended up sticking it out for about two years. And in 2010, I decided that it was time to start my own venture. And that was something that I was really interested in doing. So I, I, at the time, I was in, in the United Kingdom, and I flew back to Pakistan, and I started working uh, in our family business here, which is by the name of Gallery 6. It's an art gallery in, nice. in Pakistan. So I thought I'd start working there. And in the meantime, I'll start working on my own ideas uh, alongside. Right. So in 2010, I started working in Gallery 6, and um, alongside, I was thinking of different venture ideas. So I thought of an idea to, to build a, a global marketplace for art, a, a marketplace where artists from all over the world could sell their artwork on the platform to collectors anywhere in the world, right? So I, I started working on that. And at that time, I had no experience of e-commerce or starting companies or, or really being a founder. So this was my first venture. And um, I started working and developing this technology. After a year of working on this, I realized that the thing that we had built was absolute rubbish. And the company that had been outsourced this project just didn't do a very good job at it, right? So I started again building this uh, the startup from scratch, eventually launched it, uh, went back to the UK to launch it. And I worked on that startup for about three years, growing it. Um, it eventually went on to become a great marketplace where we had artists from uh, over 60 countries selling, you know, 5,000 artworks to uh, collectors worldwide. And uh, eventually I sold that company off to uh, a competitor based out of uh, Kuwait. And then I went on to build my other venture, which was uh, by the name of Solar Linker, 
it was a, is a price comparison platform for solar installations in the UK. So I had solar panel uh, installers across the UK uh, providing quotations to customers and price comparison to customers, consumers in the UK for solar installation projects. So I did that for about you know um, a year or two. Eventually, I ended up closing that uh, business and returned back to Pakistan because the UK government by that time had killed off solar subsidies in the UK. So I returned back to Pakistan and um, I was thinking of different venture ideas to launch in Pakistan. And at that time, I realized that e-commerce in Pakistan lacked the great user experience that I was used to in the UK of purchasing from um, e-commerce companies like Amazon and other great, uh, great players there. Uh, and the problem with Pakistan at the time was that inventory uh, and these online stores had very small inventories. So there wasn't a great selection of products. And also you weren't sure whether you would receive the product, what condition would it be in, would it be authentic, um, when would you receive it. So there are all these sort of challenges associated with, with e-commerce in Pakistan. Yeah. So I thought of an idea to, to launch um, you know, a shopping search engine, which would essentially aggregate the inventories of all of these online stores in Pakistan and provide uh, customers with better product selection and also the ability to compare prices and, and save money, see where they can find the best deal for a certain product. So that's how the journey of Shopsy started. You know, it was, it was out of my own need to find a better shopping solution. It's, 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 there's a couple of things in that journey that you said that for me are very interesting, right? Like initially understanding failure and seeing that the project we built is so much time, we're not going to get anywhere. Being able to take the bullet and saying, let me pivot, let me come back and let me develop this again. I think that's like such an important yeah. lesson. And sometimes we right. get in this phase we get invested, right? This is something yeah. that we've worked so hard on and we want to kind of continue on yeah. this. And we go further than we're meant to sometimes. And I think that's very important. Yeah. And it was very interesting to kind of hear you do that very early on in your journey. So, I mean, regarding SolarLinker, what happened was that... Um, I'll tell you a bit more about the platforms because it was working pretty well at the time. Um, so UK consumers would on average save about, they would actually earn 18,000 pounds over 20 years by installing solar panels on their rooftops, right? And this, this was because um, the UK government had this, this tariff scheme where you could sell the power, the extra power that you generated back to the grid system. Yeah. And that's what made you money and it made solar panels feasible, Right. So um, what we would do is that we would have all of these solar panel installers um, providing quotations to consumers, price comparisons to consumers in, in England. So the consumers would come on the platform, they would put in their postcode, we would do a radius search, show them all of the options available, and then they would select three uh, installers and get a price comparison between them, right? And then these installers would go out and install the, uh, the system in their households or the workplaces, and that's that. And essentially, um, the platform was free for, for consumers, but it was, uh, we would charge leads, yeah. you know, per, per lead to the solar panel installers. And it was around, you know, 30 to 40 pounds per lead. So on a single um, request, customer request, we would, you know, make around 120 pounds which was great money because if you're getting tons of leads every day, then you're making tons of money, right? Yeah. So the How did platform you... was working 
really well. How did you justify to yourself taking the risk of of leaving this platform? Like, let's say, from going from the the, yeah. the platform for art that you had built, this e-commerce yeah. platform for these, the the yeah. art that you were saying selling globally. How did you justify the risk of of selling that and going right. into something like solar? And then going from solar to going back into e-commerce, how do you justify the risk each time? And then I'd also be curious as to how do you look at getting your first thousand, first hundred customers? Hmm. Especially in something like e-commerce. So um, the first first platform, the art marketplace, which is called Artworka, I I built that for three years. And what happened with that was that I made the mistake of going global very quickly. And the advantage of going global is that you get these tons of artists from lots of different countries selling art to lots of different buyers everywhere in the world. So you're not restricted by boundaries, right? But when you go global very quickly, you need a lot of capital uh, in order to inject into marketing. Because now you're not trying to reach a local audience, which is easier to build, but you're targeting a global audience, which requires large sums of money, right? And I, I didn't actually raise any money for that business. So it was completely bootstrapped till the end. And in order to scale it globally, I would have had to raise, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Um, and at that time, I received an offer from a competitor that was based in Kuwait. And it was a decent offer. And I thought uh, I would take it. So at that time, it seemed like the right decision to me to, to move, the, move on from, from uh, essentially the strategic mistake that I had made and uh, pass on the, the platform to someone else who could run uh, run with it, who had the capital to keep it going. And um, and that's how I switched into SolarLinker. So Artorca was doing well at the time, but due to this mistake, this, this strategy, I decided to move on and, and, and pass it on to someone else. So with SolarLinker, um, the way it came about was that solar was really taking off in the UK at the time. And, uh, you know, solar, you, the UK had become one of the largest markets for solar um, in, in, in Europe. And um, the way I started off with it was that I, I built the entire platform myself. So I, I didn't have any development team. By this time, I had learned how to do things myself and not spend a tremendous amount of money, you know, because in, in our Torca, in my first platform, I had probably invested $30,000 of my own money into the platform to, to develop it, to market it, right? And SolarLinker, it probably cost me, I, I think maybe 500 pounds to 1,000 pounds just to get started, to, to develop it myself and to start marketing it. And the way um, I onboarded solar panel installers was to to essentially um, contact lots of these uh, different solar panel installers. I just cold called them. I made hundreds of calls a day. I brought them on board the platform. Uh, there was a database of MCS sort of uh, accredited solar installers, uh, panel installers in the UK. So I started calling them up. I started understanding the problems. Um, how did they onboard customers? Would they benefit from such a platform? And after that, I started building this platform, onboarded them, and then it was basically bringing consumers on board. So then you start writing uh, interesting content, how people can save money, how people can earn money using this, uh, installing solar panels, uh, panels on their households. So you reach out to people through social channels and blogs and other you know, sort of forums, so that's how we were building our demand on the platform. 
And now that I had supply and demand, I was able to generate leads for these installers and, and give consumers um, price comparisons for their installation in their households. So that's how we got started with uh, Solar Linker, you know. Um, and then eventually, when this happened, I realized that this demand for solar installations is drying up. And by that time, I had also wanted to move away from the UK and come back to Pakistan because I always felt like I would like to settle long term in Pakistan. So I turned back and um, I had to say goodbye to my to my platform. And uh, tell us a little bit about the journey with, with the Shopsy so far, the achievements that you've had, the KPIs yeah. that you're looking at. So Shopsy has been um, the most difficult product. Uh, to build, you know, for me to date, uh, because my previous businesses were essentially built on more conventional technologies, something that you could maybe uh, build on top of other solutions out there, or you could just buy things off the shelf and build on top of them. Uh, with Shopsy, Shopsy has been built completely from scratch, absolutely custom built, because there are no products out there that you could build on top of very quickly. And it's also a very difficult product to build. So search is, is generally very difficult to build because there's so many different ways people search things online and just understanding what they're looking for and providing that to them. And they also have certain expectations from search because everybody uses Google, everybody uses YouTube. So they're used to very good search. Now, if you want to build an audience on such a platform, you have to provide a, a user experience that sort of matches, rivals these search technologies out there, right? So Shopsy, because of that, has been a very, very difficult product to build just because of its search technology. And also because we were building this completely bootstrapped, uh, we were building this part-time uh, alongside uh, having full-time uh, jobs. So it was, you know, the first few years were quite difficult in, in just building out the foundations of, of Shopsy, right? And then um, everything becomes easier once you raise money. So in 2019, we ended up raising um, a large seed round uh, to, to really work on Shopsy full-time. And it had taken me ages to raise this money because at that time there was, uh, you know, severe lack of capital in the country for, for startups. So it's very, very difficult to raise money, you know, a couple of years back. And once we raised money, then we were able to work on this full time. I was able to, you know, hire great people, bring on, bring on some new co-founders um, that had expertise in, in product. And since then we've really just, uh, it's just fueled our growth since then. So it's been about a year since we switched to Shopsy full time. And now we're seeing some great numbers. So just to give you an idea that, um, you know, about a year back, we were at almost, let's say, 5,000 monthly users. So nothing, essentially, right? Because we had been building our product, but we hadn't really worked on the marketing side yet. Yeah. But in a year, we've now scaled, we actually scaled to half a million users. Amazing. Um, in the peak of the first wave, because that's when online shopping demand was at its greatest. And since then, it's dropped slightly. So we're, we're still at about 350,000 monthly users, and we're constantly growing. Um, that's, that's awesome, yeah, to hear going that kind of growth is, is, is spectacular yeah. to see. And I'd be curious, the lessons that you've learned in a period 
like the period that this year has been, right? Like where people are saying yeah. that they've seen five years worth of growth in a year or five months because yeah. of because of the first wave and yeah. now the second wave. Have you seen a change in behavior when it comes to e-commerce in people in Pakistan? Yes. So I think what, what um, the pandemic did was to force people to, to sort of sort of explore shopping online, right? People who weren't necessarily used to shopping online went online and they were looking for products. They had to buy products online because they were afraid to or circumstances prevented them from uh, visiting physical outlets, right? So what we saw, in fact, I did a study on this um, and I looked at data from Google Trends on how the pandemic has affected the demand for online shopping in Pakistan. And what I found was that at the peak of the first wave, we saw a 50% increase in online searches for shopping in Pakistan, right? So a 50% increase is pretty significant. It's a significant because it's, it happened within just literally a month, right? So that's exactly what we saw um, on our end. We were adding about 100,000 users a month uh, when this happened, so we were growing extremely quickly. And uh, fortunately, we were in this position where we were completely on the cloud and our technology is completely scalable. So we can go from you know, hundreds of thousands of uh, users to millions of users in an eye blink and our, our technology would be perfectly fine. For- I have a question. You cannot transact on Shopsy, right? Right, right now you're just so- comparison. Yeah, so I'll give you a little bit of a background on how Shopsy works. So Shopsy is a shopping search engine. The way it works is that users come on Shopsy and they they search for a product on Shopsy or a category on Shopsy and we show you results for those products and categories. And then when you click on a search result, you're taken to the website that's selling the item. So we're essentially a Google for shopping in Pakistan. So you're a more structured and more uh, focused referral, basically. Yes, so we're, we're much more focused for shopping. Um, so to give you an example, if you search for something on popular search engines, you would see results for web pages, right? Yeah. And you would have to cl- click on each link to be taken to, to those pages, and then you would have to look at the product, you'd have to look at the price, you'd have to see whether it's in stock or not. But when you search for something on Shopsy, we show you, all of the products that are available in Pakistan from over 250 websites, we will show you their, their price, their stock status, uh, their image, and you can make an informed decision straight away rather than opening a ton of tabs. Now, I have a question over here because Google, if I'm not mistaken, um, does that for you as well, correct? So Google uh, does not do that. Google Shopping does that. Yeah, right? but that it, when like when you search in Google, like yeah. half the time when I search for something, the first thing that I get is shopping. Like I'm able to go on Amazon and purchase it, or I'm able to so go not in Pakistan. Okay, that's what I was asking. Got not it. Not in Pakistan. Yes. So Google Shopping doesn't exist in Pakistan. Um, now, one would argue, well, does that not make Shopsy redundant? Because if let's say if Google was to come to Pakistan and launch Google Shopping in the near future, or not just Google Shopping, there's so many other products as well for for you know big giants that could come to Pakistan. The thing is that because we're such a localized, hyper-local search engine, um, we provide certain features 
for local shopping that other giants uh, would not do because it's just too much work for them or it would have to be targeted uh, to a certain country which doesn't tie in with their global vision of their global product, right? So, for example, um, we actually do a check on all of the sites in our index to see whether they answer the customer services, whether they pick up the phone calls. And if we find that a store is not regularly taking uh, phone calls or answering emails, we remove them from our index. So we now have a strict vetting process for the sites that we add to Shopsee so that, so that customers that search for products on Shopsee are, are eventually guided to a store that will fulfill their item in a timely manner um, and they will provide them the genuine product and they will be able to receive phone calls and emails from, from that customer, right? So we care about the entire end-to-end journey rather than just showing people what the right product is uh, or what the best price is. You know, what's been most interesting for me and even looking at our own portfolio company, because we have e-commerce and we have grocery and we've seen the way um, COVID has, has kind of taken taken foot on them. From, from my research and, and looking into Pakistan and, and the conversations that I've been having, especially this year, it's been interesting because it's, it's a two-pronged thing here, right? In Pakistan, there, one, e-commerce isn't that um, established, not a lot of players are there, although that's changing on a daily basis. But then on a customer-centric side, cash on delivery is still king. And a lot of people don't want to go online because one, the, the fixed mindset of only being a name traditional business, those guys are coming on, but they're coming on via WhatsApp rather than building websites. They're like, like it's like a quick commerce kind of medley basically what they're yeah. what they're building right but then there's yeah. this other side where facilitation of e-commerce with the likes of all of these banks offering better mechanisms for digital payments yeah. uh, with with um i'm forgetting the name of the transaction um service that these guys recently raised as well i'm forgetting their name but um so Raza, there are lots of different there are different wallets coming in there's SadaPay um, and there's there's tags. There's, oh yeah, there, there are a ton of them, right? There are a ton of fintech solutions coming in. Then there are payment gateways. SafePay. So SafePay is what I was talking about. SafePay is one of the payment gateways. Um, they had some issues recently with their service provider, um, and then we've got uh, certain banks that are providing their own payment. Yeah, solutions. Bank of Allah. I'm sure MCB has one. Everybody, as well. everybody, right? So it's just for me, it's been fascinating yeah. to see the evolution over the last couple of months mm. on how people are trying to fast track their online yeah. solution, right? And and what That's I really right. admire about what you're what what you said and what you're trying to implement, which is. Focusing on the user experience, focusing on the fact that, you know, you're double checking if people are actually answering the calls, because that is an issue, especially when it's someone coming online for the first time and opening up a website. There is a lot of, you know, uh, wear and tear or not understanding what customer service is like. This is the way offline businesses work. This is how online will work as well. But there needs to be a shift in mindset in e-commerce, right? Like you need an answer now. You need to have your, your information here now. You need to have the best comparison in price now Absolutely. that's not necessarily the case when you're shopping offline so that shift in yeah. mindset really requires a better user experience a better education so for me yeah. just the last couple of months and looking at our portfolio
portfolio companies and how they've grown has been fascinating, right? Just to kind of understand mm. the way Pakistan is growing. Because Pakistan is, is very backward um, in e-commerce because we haven't um, gone on the plans. Like if you look at China, which is, you know, majority e-commerce, you look at the Middle mm. East, you look at India, they're much more mm. further ahead as markets. Yeah, so I'll give you my sort of overview of the industry in Pakistan, you know, what I've observed. Um, and because we work as an aggregator, we get to work with lots of different um, retailers, online retailers in Pakistan. So Pakistan's e-commerce is still in its very nascent stages. Yeah. And we've literally just started to scratch the surface of e-commerce in Pakistan. And what's going on is that when an ecosystem is nascent, you have all of these issues. So let's say online stores aren't providing great customer service. They don't have great technology. So their search solutions might not be that great. It's difficult to find products on their platforms. Uh, We might find that customers are just not educated enough on how online shopping works. And they're just learning how, how to buy products online. So there's a great awareness. And then, you know, we're looking at these uh, physical outlets that you were talking about that are thinking of, uh, maybe now going online or they're just providing customer services or, um, you know, they're selling products through WhatsApp. Uh, but this is something that every country goes through. So this is what's important to understand that for e-commerce in Pakistan, the only direction is up. That's the only direction yeah. it's going to go. So that's the first thing to understand because when you look at the trends for online shopping globally, E-commerce is going everywhere, right? In every country, e-commerce is one of the biggest sort of, you could say, technology sectors, industries in, in, in everywhere, right? So the only place is up now. How do we get there? That's the question. I think um, what, what will happen over time is that you will see um, that the industry itself will take care of these quality control issues. And the players that take customer services seriously, that provide genuine services, genuine products, will rise to the top. And people that are lacking in their technology, that are lacking in their customer services, will will be left behind. So this sifting process is going to take place. And it is already taking place, but it's going to continue over the next uh, five years. And we are now seeing... um, we're now seeing, you know, platforms come up that have better technology that are taking customer services more seriously. And uh, we're seeing people purchase more products online. So we, we've now had, you know, 11.11, which is, uh, I think, a great success. A lot of people went um, online to buy products. Then we've got Black Friday coming up. And these events, these major events are also bringing awareness to, to people that, perhaps weren't used to online shopping. And then, uh, of course, the pandemic has has significantly expedited this entire process where people are now learning to shop online. And it's really a behavior change, you know. It's sort of like when you stopped using yellow cabs and you started using Uber. It's a behavior change, right? And I think what we'll see over time in Pakistan as well is that people will start comparing prices for things they buy offline they'll they'll be comparing prices for them online they'll also be exploring different different uh product choices online because you you, physical outlet 
goods can never match the, the, the amazing choice that online has to offer, right? So this behavior change is taking place. And as you mentioned earlier, I think um, before perhaps when, when we started, 4G and 5G adoption in Pakistan is, is going to, is certainly taking place, right? So we're seeing significant users for 4G, uh, 3G, and of course, 5G is just going to expedite that process even in faster. So more people are coming online. 80% of our users are already just mobile users. So desktop has significantly decreased. When we started in 2016, I think when we launched in October 2016, our split was about 50-50. And now we're seeing 80-20, yeah. right? So significant, more. significantly more users on mobile. And we, we're actually going through this entire redesign process for Shopsy which is a completely mobile first um, design user interface for, for our users because of this reason. So everything is changing and it is going to continue to change. And uh, the way we see ourselves is essentially a partner to all of these online stores in Pakistan, because that's what we help them do. We help them drive revenue, increase their revenue, increase their traffic, sales, customer base. And we look at them um, as, as partners to online shopping. You know, and we're constantly also advising stores on improving their processes. That's a question. It. Actually, it's it's perfect the way where you where you got this. Yeah. I actually have a question over there. Have you seen a difference in 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 trying to convince people of of what you're doing? Like, is it has it become easier to get people on your platform to come online and and, and sell online, or to get more people to sell online? Yes. So what we're seeing now is that a lot of these um, physical outlets that major, major physical outlets, you know, that are prominent uh, physical outlets in cities reach out to us because they're digitizing their, their stores now and they're going online because the pandemic has now forced them to go online. Right. So these guys are working on their online solutions, but they don't have a huge customer base online because they haven't had the chance or the opportunity to spend in their online marketing. They haven't like had the in there, there is I see this mindset, right? That the traditional businesses are that we are just online and people will come. And it just doesn't work like that, right? Uh, you know, it depends on the player, but the um, big players, hain, I think they have an understanding that it takes time to build you know, customer base. And that's where we come in. हम ये जो फिजिकल आउटलेट्स हैं जो डिजिटाइज अपने आप को हमको ये एबिलिटी देते हैं कि ये अपनी कस्टमर बेस को जल्दी से रैंप अप बढ़ा सके हैं फॉर श्योर उसामा यार लास्ट क्वेश्चन फॉर यू इफ यू कुड डिस्क्राइब थ्री ऑफ द मोस्ट इंपोर्टेंट लेसंस दैट यू हैव लर्नड इन योर जर्नी सो फार um so number one would be con- consistency you know consistency in your day to day you know building a startup takes a long time and you just have to be very consistent uh day in day out you have to be consistent in your thinking and your vision and your performance so don't be impatient when you're building your your company when you're building your startup it's going to take some time and you have to be consistent the second would be perseverance because you know giving up uh you lose the day you give up so you have to persevere um it takes time it takes grit to to really build this it takes a number of years to build a successful company right so and, and i think the third thing the third most important thing would be to do something that you love because it's so much easier and so much more fun to do something that um that you love doing because you know giving up then is not an option when you something you're building something that you love um 
And versus when you're building something you don't love, it's so much easier to just give up. And I think if, if people stick to these sort of three things, um, it makes the entire startup journey so much more easier and so much more enjoyable. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys have any comments, your feedback, please do send them my way. Mera direct email address hai amad at caravan.vc. Warna aap hamare baare mein aur information hasil kar sakte hain on our website, which is www.caravan.vc or on Instagram. Um, our handle is at caravan.vc. Until next time, khuda hafiz. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 